Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. We've been talking the last couple of weeks about this concept called legacy, of living beyond ourselves, of living for something that's uh, maybe even bigger than we are right now, that's uh, more and stronger than you feel right now, that giving and living with our time, talent, and treasure in such a way that the effect of our life goes far beyond us. Um, we're well aware of what's going on in our world. So much darkness in so many places, and uh, we don't need to enumerate it all, but there, it's challenging time, if, particularly if you're in the news or reading the news a lot, it can be overwhelming. Someone has uh, said that there is this growing stench of fear in the atmosphere. You have to be really careful when fear is around. Someone said that fear can be, the acronym could be one of two ways. It could be face everything and rise or forget everything and run. Well, if we're followers of Jesus, there's one choice. Face everything and rise. Because we're not doing it by ourselves, we're doing it together with the power of the Holy Spirit living in us no matter what's going on around us. Jesus came for this very purpose, John 1 and 5. I think it'll show up on the screen there somewhere. The light shines in the darkness, that light is Jesus, and the darkness has not overcome it. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. It's not going to overcome it. It's not going to extinguish it. In fact, Jesus shows up in dark places. He doesn't run from dark places. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. He's not running. He's facing everything and rising in the middle of it all. And Jesus invites us as followers of Jesus, if you follow him in Matthew 5 and 16, in the same way, let your light Everybody say, that's me. Let your light so shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. If you're a Christ follower, the light of Jesus is meant to shine first to you, but then it's meant to shine through you. Never meant to stop with us. In other words, we are built and made by God for legacy, for impact, to bring light into dark places, to bring hope where there's hopelessness, to bring food where there is none, to bring medicine where there needs to be some, to bring hope and encouragement in life and the joy and the life that's possible in Jesus, where there are mourners that we can come alongside and we're going to mourn with you, where are those that are rejoicing, we will rejoice with you. Freely we have received, freely we give. I would have said amen by now too. Bigger than us. Generational impact. Multiplying effect. It's an incredible important, it's incredibly important that we in the middle of darkness do not be ones that shrink back, do not be ones that withdraw, do not be ones that hoard, are not ones that, that look to get out a jail free card, so to speak, but that we engage in our world in a way with the power of the Holy Spirit in us, with the power of God on us, with the resources of heaven for us, that we would be ones that would say, we are part of an unchanging mission in an ever changing world. The world can be getting darker, but the light is shining stronger. The world can be causing us to say, I don't know about this, but we 
lean in with the power of Jesus because the great love of God for people is still unchanging. God has not changed his mind that he so loved the world that he sent Jesus. The power of the Holy Spirit in us has not changed. The promises of God for you are unchanging because there is an unchanging mission for an ever-changing world. Two weeks ago, we talked about putting God first in our finances through tithing. And last week, Daniel talked about how we need to understand that life is bigger than us when we walk with Jesus. That there's something, an effect that goes beyond us when we walk with and for Jesus. And that's why every, this time of year, we have the wonderful privilege we get to give. This is why this time of year, every year we get to give. Amen. We get to give. What a great joy it is to be a part of what Jesus is doing in the earth. I don't, I don't get embarrassed about asking for money. When you start out in ministry, it's the last thing that you want to do. You're like, can somebody else take up the offering? Uh, let somebody who, who doesn't really have their job on the line. I don't care anymore because I'm asking for widows. I'm asking for orphans. I'm asking for people who need food. I'm asking for people who are far from Jesus to find their way to Jesus. And all of it is about Jesus, the legacy of Jesus, that his name will be great in the earth, that we would find many sons and daughters return to come and know Jesus, helping pastors in the developing world, planting churches, advocating for people with disabilities, helping with healthcare access where there is none. What a great joy. You're going to be convinced of it by the end. So today we're going to look at a passage in a moment in 2 Corinthians where Paul uh, 8 and 9, where Paul is talking to a church that he was teaching how to give. Some of us need to learn how to give. Some of us are learning how to give and some of us are extravagant givers. So wherever you are on the continuum today, you're going to say, ouch, amen, or say, preach it, pastor. So I'll know in a moment. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. People are, should I say amen now? It's okay. It's all right. So Paul talked about it in First Corinthians or Second Corinthians 8. He started first talking about a church uh, in Macedonia that gave generously. So he gave an example of a church in Macedonia that gave generously to help another church in the city of Jerusalem so that their people would have enough food. And he says this about them. He said, in the midst of this Macedonian church, in the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. In the midst of a very severe trial, because most of us in that moment say, I'm out, I don't have to give. Their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty, put those two thoughts together, welled up in rich generosity. I'm struggling I'm so happy and I'm going to be generous. How could they do that? Hmm. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and some even beyond their ability. I don't know if they put it on their credit card. I don't know how you did it back then, but maybe, I don't know. Maybe they sold a donkey. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. I have to say it's 
In 30 years of vocational ministry, I can count on one hand the number of times someone has come up, no, maybe more than that, maybe 15 or 20 times where someone says, I want to give. Pastor, ask for money more. Hmm. This is just this church. It's not us, so it's okay. They exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us, and they urged us. Then verse 7, he says this. Now he's teaching this church in Corinth. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love you have kindled in you, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. I can do the knowledge one. I can take the speaking one. I'll do that one. I'll be good at that. Um, I'll be good in love but that we would also excel in the grace of giving. The grace of giving. In other words, God's hand is on you. And then he goes on is, our desire is not that others might be relieved while you were hard pressed, but that there might be equality. In other words, he said, I'm not saying that the pe- people who should go with nothing so that someone else can have something that somebody else who doesn't even need anything. He says, I want there to be at the present time, your plenty will supply what they need So in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. Sometimes you're giving and sometimes you're receiving. Sometimes you're able to be really generous and other times you're just able to receive. And it's okay wherever we're at. But that all of us would be able to say to ourselves, Lord, whatever you're asking me to do, that's what I want to do. And so Paul continues on. He reminds them that he's coming and he wanted them to be prepared. So uh, 2 Corinthians 9 Six to eight, and I think it'll be on the screen. Uh, Six to eight, and then 10 to 11. He says, remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide, say, say it's me. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Verse 10, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then provide a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can Always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they'll thank God. It's an incredible passage. It probably made a lot more sense in a time when there was farming and people were commonly on farm. How many of you grew up on a farm or near a farm or have driven by a farm? I think we all have. But the reality is, is Paul is trying to use an agricultural explanation to help them understand a spiritual truth. The seeds that he's talking about are the resources that God's placed in our hands. All of us have been given something, some more than others, some a little, some a little bit more, and some more than that. And so Paul is trying to tell them, here's in my, and I'm entitling this, how, how living for legacy works. And just a few points, and then we're going to tell some stories of God at work. So living for legacy, number one, is that God provides the seed. Who's your provider? Not your job, 
not your annuity, whatever that is, not your RRSP. God is your provider, first of all. It's he who gives you the power to get well. And so if, he, if we start from that place, then it helps us to be able to do something because we actually say, what I have to give all didn't even come from me. It came from him. Every good and perfect gift came down from the father of lights who is a generous giver. God provides the seeds. God is our source. It's everything that I have is from him. He is generous. Number two, God expects me to sow my seed. You must each decide in your heart. What does it say here? How much to give. It didn't say, you must each decide in your heart if you will give. Yeah. You must each decide. Giving is for every believer, whether it's $5 or it's 5,000 or it's 10,000 or it's 50,000. Do what God's called you to do. And that's what we're going to talk about today. God multiplies what I sow. If I don't sow it, God can't grow it. If it stays in the cupboard in my house and I don't plant it in the garden, no matter how much I pray over the carrot seeds in the cupboard, they're not going to do anything. My faith, I can walk around and declare and, and say it's going to happen, but until I take and put them in the ground, they cannot grow. You can't play, pray over seeds. Well, you can if you want, but you're wasting your breath praying over seeds that are in the cupboard. They got to go in the ground. But Paul says, give cheerfully, not reluctantly, not under compulsion. And we are most like God when we give. For God so loved the world that he gave. You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. Jesus, every good and perfect gift comes. And then when he multiplies what I sow in verse 10, it says he will, yeah, there it is. He will increase your resources. We're already ahead. That's all right, Franklin, stay with me. I'll stay with you. God provides for, God provides my needs through me, through me sowing my seed. There's this counterintuitive kingdom principle that if you need more resource, so more. We say hoard more, hold more. But if I need more, I sowed more so that God can grow more. Because God is providing my needs through sowing my seed. He said, God provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. It doesn't start with bread. Many years ago, the stories told in my family history, my um, great-grandmother came from Scotland and they were newly married. She was trying to make bread, but it wasn't working out so well. She needed it and she did everything, but it would not rise. And she was so ashamed, she went and buried, dug a hole in the garden and buried it so no one would ever see it. She was just that embarrassed. But it was warm in the ground. And not that long later, I don't know if it was a day later or the next day or something like that, there was about a three-foot mushroom of bread dough that had grown up. She maybe thought she was supposed to sow her bread, I don't know. But the actual reality is you sow your seed so that you can get your bread. It starts with sowing the seed. God provides my seed. God provides my needs through me sowing my seed. 
Finally, God is generous to me. I get to be generous to others. Perspective is an incredible thing. When you're in difficulty, it can be easy to forget the times where God has blessed your life in incredible ways. Because you just are, I don't have it. I've been there when there was a few potatoes left in the cupboard and nothing else. I've been there when food showed up on the doorstep from people, not because I went asking for it, but because God just touched people's hearts. I've been there as well when you forget in the middle of good times how good God has been to you. And that's what generosity does. It reminds us that I am not my source. It reminds me to acknowledge God. It reminds me that he is generous to me. I am blessed to be a blessing. My other grandma used to say, count your many blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Freely you have received, freely you give. This is what legacy means in verse 11. When we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. Verse 12 goes on to say, this is what, this service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Verse 13. Because of the service by which you have proved yourself, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them. In other words, it's not about me or you or the name Horizon Church. It's about the name of Jesus, that they will glorify your Father, which is in heaven, Matthew 5, 16 says, that they will thank God, that they will overflow in many thanks to God, that others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession. Someone said this, a man by the name of, depending on where you look, William Watkinson in a sermon titled The Invincible Strategy, he said that rhetoric is a much, so much easier and cheaper than good works and proves a popular temptation. Yet it is far better to light the candle than to curse the darkness. And I'm just going to tell you some stories of how, because of your generosity over the last year, the light has shone out into many dark places an unchanging mission in an ever-changing world. Many years ago in Uganda, Horizon helped to facilitate the ministry of Father's Heart Mobility Ministry with Adrian and Francis Maguanya. Francis himself was disabled, uh, had uh, polio, couldn't walk. And he somehow, saving up his money, he saved up enough for his own wheelchair. But then he realized how great it was for him. And he began to raise and save and slowly was starting to help others with mobility, even as a young man. But through a whole circumstances of things, they, they have this incredible ministry providing mobility all over Uganda for those with diverse abilities, maybe from war or from disease or from sickness or an accident. And in 2022, 1,623 people received mobility through their ministry. 
838 people came to know Jesus. Yeah, you can clap. It's all right. And here's something that you might not think of. 197 pastors trained in 2022. And what that means is that there are some places where if you're disabled, they feel like you've done something wrong and you should be hidden away and and you should be um, vilified and persecuted and sometimes even hurt because of your disability. And the church is part of the answer of changing that, that God so loved the world, the able-bodied and the one with disability and the one with diverse abilities. And since 2006, over 18,000 people have been given mobility. And we're going to watch a video from Francis and Adrian, just a quick greeting. I think there's a video ready. Hello, Horizon Church. We wanted to just let you know that we have reached a new milestone with your partnership. We have given 18,000 wheelchairs to the people here in Uganda. We really appreciate you partnering with us over the years, especially your faithful prayer. God bless you. Just a quick... And we're moving on to Nigeria on, on the west side of Africa. Ambrose and Linda Anyawu came to Vancouver to be trained in our Bible college in the 1970s. And after a time of training and equipping, now I'm shrinking years down to this. So if I didn't say a detail that you're aware of, it's all right, okay? Uh, training and equipping, they were sent back to the land of Ambrose Burt, Nigeria. And over the years, through incredible, incredibly hard work and miraculous favor, they turned jungle that was viewed as cursed into a place of blessing. We were on that plot of land where it's where they used to throw unwanted babies. And became one of their first ministries things that they started was a home for motherless babies. And through the years, they've continued to work on. And what was started out with unwanted babies and was a location that was cursed is now an orphanage, is now a school, is now a hospital, is now a network of churches. And our primary support is through is for some, some of the hospital expenses, the orphanage, and personal support, and then rural pastors. And this past Easter, we partnered with them to feed 172 families through their Nehemiah project. Uh, I think there might be some pictures that will grow up, go up of rebuilding the community in the middle of where they are at. There they are. So they went around and they pray with people and give food and, and just minister. Um, they have a bunch of network churches around them. And just to the left on the map... Couple, a couple over, is Ghana. And uh, Charles Niani uh, is uh, from the western region of Ghana, and in Ezi, near Eziyama. And Charles went to Bible college right here uh, and was in the same Bible college class that I was, actually. And he, our primary support there is directed towards rural pastors in the network of churches that he oversees. And between Nigeria and Ghana, just for rural pastors, we send uh, $2,000 a month to help support. Uh, doesn't pay everything, but helps to defer some of the expenses. And we have a video from Pastor Charles who's going to explain the importance of the rural pastors program. In 1989, Charles Niane of Ghana, West Africa, arrived in Surrey to start studying at our Bible college. 
Charles eventually completed his master's degree at Trinity Western. In 1996, he returned to Ghana to found Word Alive Mission. The ministry has grown to include a Christian day school, a nurses' training college, an orphanage, and a network of 25 churches. These churches are primarily rural churches throughout the nation. For the last number of years, Horizon has focused on supplementing the income of rural pastors at $50 per month. This amount helps them to pay school fees, as well as purchase food and clothing for their families. Uh, rural Pastors Program has been a tremendous help uh, to the work here in Ghana, West Africa. As, as you are aware, we work in mostly in the villages. All our churches are in the villages, so the income level of the people is very small. So to take care of the pastors has been a, a big problem for all of us. So the Horizon Church coming up with that project, a rural pastor support, has been a tremendous help. And we are able to take care of the pastors uh, as we go along. So we thank you so much for the rural pastors. Your support helps the pastors to be relieved of some of the burden of these immediate challenges so they can continue to build strong local churches that meet needs and make a difference in their communities. Thank you for standing with our partners in Ghana. Your support is a living example of striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. Philippians 1.27 All right. Rural pastors, and moving on to back to the east side of Africa, to Kenya, where many years ago, uh, Diana Kenashenko and Kobe Van Dam were serving for a time in Kenya. And uh, together with Pastor Alex, they worked with a lady there by the name of Nancy O'Dwarrell, whose, whose husband had been here for Bible college as well. And he returned, and he passed away, and she was a widow. And there's a whole story of being a widow in many places in the world is not just... Uh, difficult, it's beyond difficult, where your land can be taken from you, you can be pushed off your land, all kinds of things, and, and, the, and the orphans as well involved. So they started this program, they saw, to a, a sustainable honoring program, which involved purchasing cows and goats so that the widows would tend to them and share in the milk, the meat, and the profits uh, to support themselves and even their children. And in 2022, last year, this past year, we bought a cow and six goats, which was around $4,000. In this year coming up, we're looking to purchase another cow and another goat for $2,000. I think there's some goats. This is Nancy, wonderful lady. That's a cow. Okay. And there's goats too, as well. Uh, goats and cows, the milk, it's wonderful help. Uh, we took that picture. That, uh, just a great help for so many people. And then I'm moving on to Thailand. For the last two years, we've been working with business people from Canada and churches in Thailand to see churches planted in many of the rural areas of the nation. This kind of goes with what's in both in Ghana and Nigeria. There's lots of people who will go to the city and who will help work that's in the city. But the villages are still there. And there's still lots of need in the villages outside when you go out beyond in, both, in all the nations. But in, in Thailand, where between 1% and 2% are followers of Jesus, uh, the Thai people came up with this concept where 
They wanted to reach every village in Thailand. Not, not just fly over or drive by, but reach and win people to Jesus in every village. It involves every evangelical denomination in Thailand. To reach that, they came up with a simple and effective church planning strategy that's used at the grassroots village level, volunteers going into their own vehicles, carpooling, going off into the countryside to share Jesus. And it's being driven by Thai Christians, and they're asking for financial support. So how it works is it costs about $1,000 to plant a church in Thailand. 1000 bucks. But Thai Christians and businesses raise 400 of that. So 600 left. Then in Canada, there are some business people that will pay 300 of that, which leaves us 300. So for $300, you can plant a church in Thailand. And in the last two years, from the $20,000 that we have given so far, over 60 churches of new believers have been planted. Yeah. Yeah. In 2022, through this initiative, 6,011 new believers have come to know Jesus. Yeah. 3,543 baptisms. 84 church planting teams have gone out to, to, to share Jesus. And, and those of you, uh, I think look, it's back on our YouTube, uh, there were, we had the, the missionary there who's working with them. And they, when someone gives their life to Jesus, they geotag their location. They send them, a, they keep track of who's visited them, how many times they've been visited. They start a local church in that village, anywhere from 8 to 12 people. And in Thailand to date, through this initiative, 2,000. 222 village churches have been planted. Yeah. There's 24 district hub churches, and our goal and our commitment for 2023 would be to see another 34 planted through the efforts of Horizon Church. We're not the only one being involved in this, but what a joy. We're going to show a video of a baptism that just happened this uh, summer. Um, today we're gonna have a baptism. We're gonna we're gonna have 500 people coming to baptize.
That day there was 1,260 people got baptized. I just want to show you some things. Uh, flip to the next one. Last year in 2021, in cash offerings, we had 76,000 in one day. Then, on the day of people pledged, they said, over the next year, I'm going to give money, maybe $50 or $5 or $200 or $1,000. i am I'm just going to do that. I'm pledging right now. I don't have this cash today, but I'm pledging. I've talked to Jesus about it, and that's what I'm going to do. But here's what happened. It was 105,000, but let's go to the next slide. Pledges kept 29,500, but then there was some more. People couldn't help themselves, gave another $12,000. So, which led to a total of $117,500. But Legacy 2021, that was great. That's all money that goes beyond outside the doors. And this year we're in our local ministry, which is meals, through night shift, through our Christmas hampers, through our, our adopt-to-school hampers. I just did a calculation at 56,000 meals in 2022 because of your generosity in our city. 56,000. Plus, we've sent Pearls of Hope uh, gift bags to people who are going through cancer treatment, four, uh, I think four provinces, a couple of nations uh, around the world. Uh, we're going to use all 50 of them this year and and we, it's, it takes a couple thousand, two, three thousand dollars right there. Um, Night to Shine, for we have a, we'll have it in 2023 for the first time since 2020, where we'll have this room filled with people with diverse abilities, where we celebrate them, honor them, and tell them that they matter to God. Because they do. And they matter to us. So local ministry going to cost about $61,000. Somebody could probably write a check for that right now. Regional. This is primarily church planting, and right now that's focused on Princeton. So we're going to look to raise 15000 to help ministry in Princeton. Princeton people. Uh, and beyond. We're, we're such a joy to serve alongside Jen and Praxis in Princeton. And, you know, Jen and Praxis went up there in the middle of a pandemic. And then the pandemic was slowly winding down, and then there was a flood flooded out the church. So they've been going through so many things. We're so proud of Jen and Praxis, so proud of you that are gathering alongside them uh, in in uh, Princeton and being a part of seeing what God would do in Princeton, that we would be able to have a baptism like Thailand in the river, Simokameen River right there in, in Princeton. Why not? Then in Nigeria, we do uh, support rural pastors, do some support with the hospital, do some support with the orphanage. We don't pay the whole freight. We pay part of it. We have the widow's ministry, some, a cow and a goat. We have the rural pastors, which is about $24,000. Uh, we're $10,000 to plant another 34 churches, $50,000 globally. And altogether, that number, $126,000. Even with inflation, we can do it. With God's help, we can do it. Who has a heart for legacy? That video at the end reminds us of what it's all about. Food is good. Care packs are really good. Gifts, fantastic. 
and at the end of the day, that they would see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Because when you change from the inside out, you change generations. Change someone's future. In the same way, let your light so shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. If you're a Christ follower, the light of Jesus is in you, but it's meant to shine through you. Your bit matters. Some people I've heard say, well, I, all I can give is just this small amount. Determine in your own heart what God wants you to get and do that. Usually when you pray, the first number that comes to your mind is the one, not the one that you argue to bring it down. But I have bees. I, well, they all died, but I have honeybees. And every time I take, have some honey, I remind myself that the life work of one bee is an eighth of a teaspoon. One teaspoon of honey, next time you have it, is the life work of eight bees. But one bee by itself doesn't do a lot. But a whole hive together can produce 50, 60, 70, 100 pounds, each doing their bit. And in the same way, that's why one of the reasons why God calls his people to gather as the church is because we can do more together than we could ever do as an individual. Our bit matters, a little bit here, a little bit there, a lot from that person, a little over here. We're all given and doing what God's called us to do. Your gift, your contribution, no, how, no matter how small. Each of you, in verse 7, we read, should give what you have deter, de- decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So today is Legacy Sunday, and we give and or pledge. If you have one of these on your chair nearby you, there's one. If you're making a pledge, this one is to go home with you. We'd love it if you wrote that number, if you're going to pledge something. Maybe you're going to give today and that's going to be great, but you're also going to pledge or you're only going to pledge and you're going to write a pledge maybe for, I don't know, $50 you're going to give or you're going to say, our family's going to plant a church. We're going to take 300 or we're going to, we're going to support a pastor for a year in, in West Africa for 600 or whatever it might be. We're going to underwrite the food for Friday nights at night shift for $10,000 for this next year, whatever it might be. But you're going to pledge that. You'll take that home, put it on your mirror maybe in the morning so you're praying over that every day as you obey Jesus in the middle of it. Maybe it goes on your fridge. Maybe it becomes something that you talk about with your kids. I don't know. And then to help us, take a card, uh, take this one home, a pledge if you're in the room in Surrey. And then to help us plan, Take that amount that you just put on there and write it on here and just write pledge and drop the blank envelope in. Does that make sense? So whatever amount goes here, this is what I'm doing. Take that home, then I write it on here, drop it in a pledge. And if you're giving, there's multiple ways to give and I think they're gonna show up on the screen here in a moment. Might even be a QR code. Yep, good. QR codes, they thought they all died, but they're back. Here they are. So you can give through e-transfer. This is the cheapest and easiest way to give. You can go online and give by credit card that way. There's a drop-down menu. You can give, if, if local is your thing, give on your envelope, it says generosity local missions. If regional, if you wanna to give towards church campus planting in Princeton, 
global, around the world, some of the things we've talked about. Or if you just said, I'll, I'll just give it to Legacy, write that in other on the line there, and uh, we'll do, we'll put it into whichever category it needs to go into. Someone said, it takes a noble man to plant a seed for a tree that will some give, someday give shade to people he may never meet. Unlikely that we're going to meet any of those people that we saw in a video from Thailand or a couple weeks ago from our adopted school. Probably not going to meet them, but we're not doing it for them at the end of the day. That they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. We're going to light a candle in many places where it's dark and say the hope of Jesus is still real. The gospel is still makes sense. At the end of my left, your right, the end of every row, there's a little basket. Someone slide down. If you're like, there's two seats away. It's your, go to the end of the row. Look at that side, grab the basket and there's an envelope. I'm going to pray. Then we're going to give. Isn't this fun? Wow. Here we go. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you came to bring life and life to the fullest. And Lord, we thank you that in the midst of darkness, the light of Jesus still shines. Thank you that you do it supernaturally. You do it with your people. You do it all over the world, Lord. Thank you the part that Horizon Church gets to do in feeding people and seeing churches planted and seeing those that need medical care get medical care. Whatever the, the things that we get to put our resources in, Lord, thank you for the wonderful opportunity it is to give to an unchanging mission for an ever-changing world. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.